Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, this is our last message in our series of the resurrected life, and um, it's great that you're here this morning. Let me tell you what you're going to journey with me on this morning. Today, we're going to be talking about the life of Peter. But why Peter's life is so important to look at is because you can see a a guy who has great successes, but failures, confusion, and then is the very person that Jesus chooses to build his church off of. Your story is going to be found in the story of Peter. And um, we're going to explore some pretty interesting things about identity. And where our identity is rooted is actually how we will actually be used by God and actually accomplish the things that God has purposed in our life. But we first and foremost have to understand our identity in Christ. And so we're going to unpack that this morning. If you have your Bibles, if you would open with me to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, Um, I'll wait for you. Don't, you don't have to rush. Um, This section of scripture is where um, Jesus After he's already called him, called Peter, uh, Jesus changes Peter's, well, actually changes Peter's name. His name was Simon before um, Jesus changed it. Now, something you have to understand about Peter, Peter was a fisherman. And uh, Jesus called him initially. He and his brother Andrew were fishing, and, and Jesus stops by on the seashore, and he basically says, I don't want you to fish any longer. I want you to be fishers of men. And the interesting thing about this was, you have to understand Peter's background and understand Jewish culture. Peter probably wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. The reason I know this is because he would have been chosen by one of the rabbis at the time to, to, um, to disciple him. See, back in the Jewish culture, the early Jewish culture, the, the young boys would, would go to school and, and with the anticipation that if they were good enough, a rabbi would put them underneath and they would be disciples of that rabbi. Peter didn't cut it. He ended up taking up his dad's uh, profession of fishing. And fishermen were gruff, a little um, crude sometimes, but they... They went in the seas, and then they were brave, but yet they were just gruff men. And here it is that Jesus stops by, and he says, Peter, would you, would you follow me? And, and Peter drops everything in that moment and follows Jesus. Now, I'm reading behind the, the lines a little bit here, but at that moment, I wouldn't be surprised if Peter thought, aha, here's my moment. Somebody has chosen me. Somebody has asked me to to be their disciple. And that was a great honor back then to have somebody choose you to to, um, be a student under uh, a rabbi. And so he probably perceived that Jesus was a rabbi, a religious man. But at this point in time, in Matthew chapter 16, I want to read this for you, starting in verse 13. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? At this point in time, they just thought he was a religious man, a rabbi. 
And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So they say, are you rabbi? Are you a holy man? Did you come back to earth? You're Jeremiah, one of these guys from the Old Testament? He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah? Bar is son of Jonah. Actually, his father's name was John. Bar-Jonah, or Bar-John. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. If you read through the New Testament, and if you see Cephas, that's also Peter's name. That Cephas is the, is the name or actually translated into rock. So Jesus changes his name from Simon to the rock, to Peter, Cephas. And at this point in time, Peter, who was maybe not completely highly educated, but yet a follower now of Jesus, a rough, pretty impulsive guy, begins to understand who Jesus is. I want to quickly just hit some highlights of Peter's life because the question we have to ask is, is where does our identity come from? Where does our identity come from? Because when we start talking about Peter's life and these different activities of his life, we understand that he misunderstood many times what Jesus was doing, but then also misunderstood his place in in Jesus' kingdom and what his purpose in life was. For each one of you sitting here today, and this is a journey for me, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. But this is a newer revelation for me to understand the kind of the behind the scenes of what's going on in Peter's life. But I really believe it's going to be the key for each one of you to come into a better alignment of your purpose. Because as we've talked about before, that God has this very specific purpose for your life. But where do you get your identity from? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it past experiences? Is it because you've served in the military? Is it because you did this or that? And unfortunately, where identity begins to be formed is actually the very, it creates the the drive of our life. And we have to understand that if our identity is rooted in the wrong place, we're going to be driven in the wrong place. Okay, let's talk about Peter's life. He now acknowledges who Jesus is. He's the son of God. Now, do you remember... Shortly after this, that Peter's in a boat with the other disciples and a big storm comes about. And it's kind of rocky. And then then Jesus is actually out on the water and he calls to his disciples to come to him. And actually Peter jumps out of the boat and starts walking on water. Peter does. And then he gets distracted by the waves and whatever doubt comes into his mind, he starts to sink and Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. At that moment, you have to think of what is in Peter's mind. 
He's probably, he's impulsive. If you get to know who Peter is, he's an impulsive guy. And he jumps out, probably not thinking like, if Jesus can do it, I can do it. So he's understand, okay, I've just been chosen by the son of God to be a follower of his. Man, I'm going to do what Jesus does. Right? That's what a rabbi and a disciple does. Now, if the rabbi is the son of God, man, I'm going to be learning all the things that, that Jesus is teaching us. I can do it if Jesus is doing it. So he's thinking like, do you remember when you first got saved that it's like you could almost walk on water? (laughs) Seriously. It was like everything looked different. The colors of the world looked different. The outlook of life looked different. But then all of a sudden, the cares of the world started to make your life rock a little bit and you started feeling like, where's the bliss of this experience that I once had? And I, I think that was Peter's life. Later on, when Jesus is um, getting ready to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And here comes Peter, and, and he actually takes a sword and lops off one of the ears of the soldiers. Now, interestingly enough, before that, though, Jesus and Peter have another encounter. Jesus is starting to tell them a little bit about what is going to come ahead, what was Jesus' future was. And he says, you know what? The Son of Man is going to suffer in Jerusalem. And this whole idea for Peter, you've got to think about what Peter's thinking about. He's thinking that Jesus came to overthrow the Roman Empire, that he's going to set up a new kingdom that somehow God came on earth and the oppressors, because isn't that like God? He, he overtakes the oppressors. And he's going to set up a new kingdom and wipe out the Roman Empire. And Peter feels pretty special that he is going to be probably one of the ones in charge of this new kingdom and empire because after all, the Son of God picked him. So Jesus starts talking about all the things he's going to suffer in Jerusalem. And Peter kind of pulls Jesus aside and says, "Uh, Jesus, no, we don't talk that way around here suffering. We're, we're not going to be, no, we're not going to be doing any suffering. We're overtaking things, right? And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Jesus actually calls Peter Satan. Can, do you understand what is happening right here? Peter is not understanding what Jesus is doing. If you're following uh, us on Facebook, on the group page, on the GCC Pembroke group page, I said, Today, I would be talking about how we can actually do things for Jesus, but actually being opposing God. We actually oppose God. How can that be? Well, a good example of that right here. Peter now thinks that they're going to overthrow the Roman Empire. When they're going to go arrest Jesus, he's going to like, he's acting bold, but probably pretty spontaneous. And he whips out a sword and cuts off a soldier's ear. And Jesus says, Peter, Peter. You just don't get it. (laughs) You don't understand what the Father is doing right now. And Jesus puts the ear back on and heals the man. Heals the soldier. Peter was actually missing what God was doing. And he tried to do things for Jesus, but actually was opposing God. How many times in our life do we just think, well, I'm going to do some great things for Jesus, but we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We haven't heard from God. We haven't even prayed about it. We just said, we're going to do some great things for Jesus. But find that we're actually opposing God because God's not 
in it. If there's anything that you can walk away with today is this. Understanding the importance of us to be in this intimate relationship with our Father, having our spiritual ears in tune to what He's doing. Now, thankfully, today we have the Holy Spirit, so it makes listening to God a whole lot easier. How many people were here at the night of worship on Friday night? It was amazing. Please, 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 the next night of worship, come out. You miss it if you're not here. It's amazing. But Pastor Richie asked us to, to, he encouraged us for another 30-day worship challenge. And the reason why this is so important, our worship helps us to have a sensitivity to the Spirit of God. As we spend more time with Him in worship, reading God's Word, in our devotional life, we begin to hear the voice of God speaking to our hearts. And that's what Peter needed at that time. But the Holy Spirit hadn't yet come to the earth, so we'll give Peter a little bit of grace on that. All right. So here's, here's the next thing that Peter does. Jesus arrested. Now Peter's feeling a little bit like, wait a second, how could this be? The conquering king now just gets arrested. He's not overthrowing the Roman Empire. Um, maybe I'm not feeling so confident about following Jesus and denies Jesus three times. Have you been in life where all of a sudden things aren't going the way you expected it? And you start getting a little bit of wavering in your relationship with the Lord. God, where are you? I thought it was going to happen this way. And then all of a sudden, maybe I'm getting a little not so confident in my relationship with him. Jesus is crucified. Put in a tomb. Peter says, well... That was a three-year run. Man, I guess God can't use me. I'm a failure. I missed it. Went back to fishing. And then Jesus, after his resurrection, shows up on the seashore again. While the boat is still far off, they say some would say 100 yards, out off of the shore, Jesus calls the disciples to the shore and spontaneous Peter, once again, he jumps overboard and swims to shore. And at that moment in time where Peter then recognizes that it's Jesus Christ, he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter goes, of course, Jesus, I love you. He's getting a little frustrated with Jesus, he's asking this, he goes, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, I already told you I did. Then feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? By the way, that account is in John chapter 21. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I want to read this to you. So Jesus had a, had a fire going. They were cooking some fish. And by the way, in the process, Jesus performed a miracle and, and they caught so much fish that, that the nets weren't breaking, but they, they said they had 153 fish in their little nets. But anyway, in verse 15, uh, John chapter 21, 
When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, I, I, you know I love you. He said to him, well, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to them, feed ten my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said it to him a third time. Do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And it says, this he said to show what kind of death he was going to glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The first time that Jesus met him, Peter, he said to him, follow me. And he says, you're a fisherman, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Peter missed his calling and actually his identity was also skewed because he thought that he was going to be part of a new kingdom on earth that was going to be established to overthrow the Romans. He went through this journey of feeling like, I'm really important. I'm going to do these things for you, God. And in his desire to feel important, his desire to do things for God and his spontaneity, probably in his pride, he missed the mark. And after his failures and after his missteps, Jesus continues to pursue him, but has allowed that journey to bring him to a place of humility. To now when Jesus says, feed my sheep, using a, a metaphor of shepherd and sheep. Peter is now in a humble place where he can understand what Jesus is saying and what he is doing. And so much so, when he tells them, this is how you're going to end your life, you're going to end up being in prison, and chances are you're probably going to also be crucified, which, by the way, he was. But Peter wanted to be crucified upside down, some historians say, because he didn't feel it worthy enough to be crucified the same way that Jesus was. At 65 years old. But do you understand this journey that, that sometimes we got to get to this place of so um, humble in our life that we want to say, God, whatever you have for me is what I want, not what I expect out of life. It's not what you can give me, God. It's not that I can accomplish these great things for you, God. You see, we must make a shift from this makes me feel important to Jesus' work is important. We must make the shift. Church, I've been praying all week and I just, I feel like God is saying, all right, this is the time. The body's got to mature. The body's got to mature. And I'm not saying we're immature, but I'm saying there's a season where we have to come into alignment with the, what the Father is doing. 
And we have to be able to have ears to hear and humility in our life to say, I just don't want to do great things for you, Jesus, but actually miss the very things that the Father is doing. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing. And each one of us need to posture ourselves that way. And I know you're saying, well, how do I hear God? How do I actually get to this place where I can have confidence to spend time with him? Spend time with him. You want to hear him? You want to get to know him? Spend time with him and he will speak to you. He'll speak to you through his word. He'll allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your hearts. He'll allow the community of believers to speak to you. But do you realize that the scripture saying, actually, here's another great one you can turn to. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Oh man, this is going to throw you for a loop on this one. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I'll declare to them, are you ready for this? I never knew you. Depart from me. You workers of lawlessness. Harsh words. These are Jesus' words. But we can run the risk of just doing great things for Jesus and actually miss the very things that God wants to do. Peter, that was Peter's problem in the garden. He was actually opposing the work of God by trying to cut the by trying to defend Jesus. We can be defending Jesus and still be opposing God. We have to come to this place of understanding what is the Father in heaven doing? What is the Father doing? And we just join him in that. You with me? You tracking with me? All right. We all want to feel important. I get it. Our identity. We want to accomplish great things. I think everybody wants to feel important. We want to feel valued. We want to feel like we can contribute to something. We want to... I get that. But as long as we put our identity, it's rooted in the wrong thing, and our motivations are improper... And either we're going by our pride or we're going by needing to feel self-worth of something, we'll actually miss the very thing that God is wanting to do. And we'll miss what God is up to. He wants us to be rooted in Christ Jesus. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is the hopeful part for each one of us. If you're here today and you're like, I, I just missed it. I, I, feel, I feel like I'm Peter, sometimes doing great things and then all this craziness happens. Or maybe I just feel like, you know, I was walking on water one day and now I'm just like barely keeping my head above water. 
Or maybe you just kind of feel like, you know, I was on fire for God and I was, I was passionate about telling people about Jesus, but now I'm kind of actually denying him just by the way I'm living my life. The good news is Jesus will come after you. He did for Peter every single time. You see, God cares more about your future than probably you do. And he's going to come after you, but the place is when you receive Jesus, when, he's, when he shows up again and, and you receive him, are you at this place of, of humility and say, you're right. I have been a bonehead. <laughs> you're right, Jesus. Maybe I've been doing things the wrong way. You're right. Maybe I've been a bull in a china shop and I've been just trying to do all these great things for you, God, but I, I don't even know if you've been in them. I'm going to tell you a story of a situation that took place here at church probably 10, 12 years ago. There was a person that was really passionate about Jesus. Great-hearted person. Really passionate about Jesus. But my daughter's um, teacher... I think my daughter was in second grade at the time, came to church, the one and only time she came to church. I was excited to see them, and this passionate person came right up to her. It's like, hey, do you know Jesus? And, you know, started trying to win her to Christ and, and, you know, tell her about the sin that was in her life. And I don't know the whole conversation, but I just started crumbling on the inside. Because we can get so passionate about Jesus, we actually forget to stop and say, Jesus, what's the Father in heaven doing? Now, the Lord wants people saved. I get it. But can you ask the question ahead of time, Lord, what are you doing in that person's life before you just like try to kiss on the first date? You're coming on too strong, too hot, too heavy. It's like the person's like, that person never came back. Now, I trust that God, Jesus is going to show up on her doorstep again. But my heart was grieved because in our zeal sometimes, we can actually work in opposition to what God is doing. The opposite of that, though, is in our apathy sometimes, we can just sit back and just say, well... Somebody's going to do it. It doesn't need to be me. But guess what? God has a plan and a purpose for you. You have to get off the bench when Jesus says, get off the bench. When he says, you need to be in the game, get in the game. (laughs) But listen to what he is saying. Listen to what he is saying. A resurrected identity comes with a fresh revelation of what God is doing and joining him in his moving. It comes by revelation. That's why I'm saying you, we have to go beyond just like doing good things. We got to move beyond just going to church. We got to go beyond just, well, I'm going to do my devotionals. We have to have a revelation of what the Father in heaven is doing. 
or we're going to be like Peter who misses what the father was up to and was actually working in opposition to what God was trying to accomplish. All right, so here comes Peter. Jesus says, feed my lambs, tend to my sheep. Peter, a fisherman who didn't quite make the cut into rabbinical school. Peter, who walked on water and then got distracted and started sinking. Peter, the one that Jesus called Satan. Peter, the one who missed what God was doing, tried to take his sword and lopped off an ear. Peter, who denied Christ three times, was the very Peter that started the very first church of Jesus Christ. Does that give you hope? Because you and I are Peter or Peterettes. <laughs> and Jesus is wanting to birth something through your life. But we have to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Now, quickly after that time, after Jesus left, the Holy Spirit came upon um, the first believers in the upper room, Pentecost. And today we have the privilege of having the Holy Spirit dwell in us if we invite him. But we need to continually ask the Holy Spirit to be in our life. We must continually ask for his presence to be here. This is why I am so grateful for Grace Capital Church because we are concerned about the presence of God. We want Jesus to be front and center of everything that we're doing, but the presence of God gives us the discernment and the revelation to say, this is what the Father's doing. And we need to align our hearts to say we only do what we see the Father in heaven doing. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how many times you've denied Christ with your actions or your sin, it doesn't matter. What matters is you allow Jesus when he shows up in your bedroom, in your devotional time, in your car, at your workplace, to realize that he wants to use you to accomplish something of significance for the kingdom of God. He said to Peter that when he finally would get it, when finally Peter would be able to place the saying, I'm aligning myself to the heart of God, to the heart of the Father, it's at that point that he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail. It is only when we can align ourselves to the work of what God is doing that it pushes back the gates of hell. We can be doing all kinds of great things, but that doesn't push back the gate of hell. We push back the gate of hell when we align ourselves to what the Father is doing. And the gates of hell will not prevail.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for helping us to understand that you want to be close to us, that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. But if we are just, our identities wrapped up in our job, our families, if our identities just wrapped up in, I'm going to do good things for you, Jesus. I'm going to be a good person. Instead of our identities wrapped up in saying, Jesus, I just want to hear what the Father is saying. I'm a son and daughter of, of a Father who loves us. And our job as children is to hear what our Father is saying, to hear what you're saying, God, and, and to respond to you. Father, I pray this week that, that our spiritual ears our spiritual eyes would be opened to the things that you're doing around us. Father, I think so many times we get so bogged down, we, we feel like our salvation is for us, but really our salvation is for them. That God, you want to work through our lives and so... You can accomplish what you want to do here on earth through us. The only way that can happen is if we allow our hearts and minds to be renewed by you. That our closeness that we have to you, Father, is is so intimate, is so close that we can see your coming and going. Jesus, even today, as some in this room are feeling distant from you, there is great news that you pursue us. In the midst of Peter's failure, Jesus shows back up and says, no, I'm not done with you. Is there anybody here that's feeling distant from the Lord right now? Can you just stand to your feet? If you're feeling distant from Jesus, stand to your feet. Standing to your feet just acknowledges to Jesus, not to me, not to anybody else, acknowledges to Jesus that you're saying, I want you close. Anybody else would say, I want Jesus close. For the rest of us who would say, I want to hear the voice of God and I only want to do what the Father is saying or doing. I only want to come into alignment to what he's doing. 
Would you stand to your feet if that's you? If you say, I want to have this level of intimacy that I will only do what I hear the Father in heaven doing. So Lord, you see each person's heart. You see the ones that feel distant and you want to be close. You see the ones who are saying, I want to have this level of relationship with you and I want to press in and I want to hear what it is that you're saying and what it is that you're doing. I want to see what you're doing and I want to join you, Father. Holy Spirit, fill us with greater, greater measure that that we would have a spiritual tuning like never before. Holy Spirit, come fill us. Holy Spirit, come fill us. Holy Spirit, come fill us. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 